0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode
1: of Mind Pump, for the first 22 minutes, me, Adam, and Justin have some fun conversation. We talk about uh, one of our favorite uh, fans. Uh, she sent us a care box, and in that care box was gold oh man chicken in a biscuit <laughs> ruining stuff uh while we're well, actually in fact while you're listening to this episode if you hear adam. rustling <laughs> and crunching and chewing <laughs> uh, there's a rat in here and r- uh, rude mouth noises yeah that's adam lots eating of, lots of eating. all of the <laughs> and crackers that's shooting. jackie's fault
2: for sending those yeah
1: in. <laughs> those addicting things we talk about the mind pump chef uh, otherwise known as, uh, I'm going to call him Evan from Evan. now on. <laughs> Evan! We talked about our current workouts. I actually talked about trigger sessions and the value of trigger sessions and why a lot of people who have MAPs anabolic might not be doing them um, and why they should. Definitely want to listen to that part. And then we mentioned, uh, oh, the Organified green juice. In fact, we mentioned it as a uh, like a recipe to combine with chicken in a biscuit. Uh <laughs> To, not sure that if that's a good weird. idea. Yeah, yeah not sure if it's real a good weird. idea. But anyway, we do love Organifi products. They are one of our sponsors. You do get a massive discount if you use our code. Here's what you do: go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump, no space, and you'll get a discount on all their products. Then we get into the questions. The first question was: this particular individual is not happy with any of the jobs that she's had, and she constantly changes jobs. She's 24 years old, needs some advice. We give it to her. Uh, it's awesome. You're gonna to want to hear it. Adam mm. goes off a little bit uh, as usual. Well, uh, the next question was some uh, wizard
2: wisdom in there, bro. We, we
1: have needed it to happen. We have an athlete asking us how they can get more explosive and more speed for rugby. So we kind of break it down and lay it out um, in terms of how you want to maybe phase the your workouts. Yeah. In fact, we talk a lot about math performance and how we designed math performance uh, in particular for. Goals like this. Maps performance has four phases. It's broken down into maximal strength, reactive strength, uh, explosive strength, and durability. All the things that you're going to want if you want that kind of, you know, ancient athlete type of performance. What we like to call broad spectrum performance. Uh, it's our program that probably has more exercises in it that you've never seen than all the yeah. others. Um, You can find that program at Mind Pump Media. Pretty
3: different than what you're doing now, I guarantee
1: it. Mindpumpmedia.com. Then we get into the question, uh, someone wants to know how we pick the books that we like to read. Um, If you've been listening to Mind Pump for a little while, you know that Adam has been reading quite a bit this year. Find out where he gets his recommendations for these books. And finally, what are the effects on muscle growth when you use marijuana Post workout. Is that a good idea? Get will, them weed gains. Help you build
2: muscle? Hmm. Or is it just fun? Find out in this episode. You know what goes amazing with my green organified juice? Don't do it. Chicken and a biscuit. Don't do it. <laughs> Dude. No, it doesn't. So Jackie we... Jackie
1: is in trouble. Jackie the saboteur. <laughs> so Jackie, who works with uh, works with Mind Pump, is also one of our our Probably our OG. She's probably the OG or one of the OG fans, right? Because yeah. there's a few of those.
3: Yeah, yeah, well, you have to give, I think, Rochelle. If you've Rochelle seen is- any of our seminars, you know, you're on our team.
1: So Jackie listens to our show, and then she also does our show notes and stuff for us. So when you look at the show notes, and the, if you like the way they're set up, you can thank Jackie. She heard our episode where we talked about, I don't remember what it was. We talked about, like, foods that we- Childhood foods. Yeah. And I talked about chicken in a biscuit crackers, which mm-hmm. I haven't had- since I was probably twenty years. Probably yeah. since I was twelve. I think even. seventh
3: grade for me. Yeah, what's that? 13? Yeah, yeah, 12, rem- thirteen? Yeah. I'm remembering right now why I liked them so I bad. haven't
1: had them since I was twelve or thirteen. So she sends us that she sends us organic gummy bears, a bunch of things that we talked about in the episode. So I opened this box up because I'm like, I don't remember what they taste like. <laughs> I kind of do, but You're I don't like
3: you guys have to do this with me.
1: I opened You're it like, and yeah, everybody sweetie. ate one cracker. Now remember, just so we understand the, the context here, we're a fitness podcast. We're all yeah. we're all like health conscious individuals. We don't eat this stuff normally. All of us tasted one cracker, and it, the, almost the, ha- the whole box is gone right now because- It's amazing.
3: It's um, addictive.
1: It's so uh, They have engineered this thing to taste so amazing. Yeah. It's the like only reason why I think- Soup in your mouth. The only reason why I think chicken and a biscuit isn't the most popular food on earth is because how do you market chicken and a biscuit? Like You know what <laughs> I mean? The name is you know, If you never tried it, you wouldn't think so. Yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do they ever do commercials for I, chicken and a I've biscuit? I've never seen one in my life. I kind I'm of sure the, one lives on YouTube. I was gonna
2: say I feel like I feel like I've seen a chicken and a biscuit commercial
3: as a kid. Wow, I'm
2: trying to remember.
3: What and what like. happens? Like a like a chicken flies by and like shits magic dust on her or something. Uh, or,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. How does
1: that work? I mean, there,
3: there's two grams of protein for every seven. Well, can I
1: can I see the box real quick? Yeah. so I'm, I'm trying. am about to trip you guys out right now. So first off, they spell biscuit wrong. But anyway, oh. uh, they so, spell they so maybe spell it's like lit like yeah, It's you like, know, like it's like uh, Adam wrote it. <laughs> B i s k i t, biscuit. So I'm I'm reading the back and I was looking at the ingredients because I haven't seen a box of these in forever, and kind of halfway down or almost to the end of the uh, ingredients list, dehydrated cooked chicken.
3: Wow, they actually used chicken.
1: These crackers have chicken in them. Mm. That's the two grams of protein. That's we're two grams wow. of protein right there.
3: Yeah, just lots of vitamins. Oh, look, look, look. Just liquefied. Oh, has oh, oh, got a commercial. I
1: knew they had a yes. Yes.
3: Let's chicken
1: and a biscuit uh, So this is like a homemade I don't think it's a real commercial That can't be yeah. That is pretty no. great Dude no joke I used to sit I'd sit down and watch TV And I'd have a box Of mm-hmm. chicken and a biscuit Yeah And I'd Eat the entire thing to my face by myself. You know it's crazy. There's seven servings in this whole container. 160 calories per serving. About roughly 20 grams of carbohydrates. What's the serving size? 12 crackers. Oh wow. You know nobody's gonna eat 12. I know. That's what I mean. I'm already over that now. Yeah. yeah. So I like on the back. Calories add up. I like how on the back there's a picture of the chicken and the biscuit crackers. And easy cheese, because if you if you're gonna eat yes. something, like, listen. Yeah,
3: that was like for me nostalgia. Easy cheese, like immediately, I'm like, oh my god, easy cheese and triscuits. Like I've. I lived off those in college. It was like Did you horrible. for reals eat easy cheese? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is easy cheese? I have no idea. Cheese in a can. It's dude. just like but straight it's not, up processed like- What does it taste like? Does it taste like cheese? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's like you get addicted to it just like crackers.
1: And you would just spray it on your crackers? It's so gross. Yeah. And you'd be like, this is protein. Like, you? Know. Did you- <laughs> it
3: just makes like this noise did, as it comes out.
1: Did you Did you eat it directly out of the can?
3: Um sometimes when <laughs> i felt like you know i had no shame like oh, i would do that man. And i wish i didn't when it was that. dark and i took my shirt off. i
1: had two of those crackers and that's it and i'm and I'm, did you really that's it only had Oh, uh, you had a ketosis i am yeah, I'm, you're I'm you're
2: fucked i'm fiending you though, may as well eat it. the whole thing yeah
1: don't worry i'm gonna eat you, them all you so got the shakes it. all of a sudden no no i'm waiting for you to finish them because i'm gonna eat them dude there's none left
2: it's, it's crazy how stuff like this is engineered to be just so amazing. I mean, even down to like the... The texture. Yeah, the texture of it, how they have this like salty, dusty yeah. chicken remains, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chicken matter,
3: right? Like, I don't even know what it is. Liquefied chicken
1: matter. The irony of this is we're going to be selling some chicken. I know, gonna, that's right the now, problem. Right now, people are going to go to the store like, oh, and yeah, buy that's... boxes of this. Don't go eat these. Bro. Listen they'll Here, do it here's the challenge here's the challenge this is what we're going to do we, we're going to pick do our, we're going to pick
2: a winner let's do our Organifi commercial right now let's drive people to go get Organifi <laughs> instead of Chicken and the Biscuit we need
1: to mention Organifi don't yeah, we do. So help let's, yourself
2: let's talk about the. Importance. let's talk about a
1: recipe you can use well, with or Organifi and, products and biscuit and
2: chicken if you're going to fuck your diet up for yeah. the day and you're going to eat Chicken and the Biscuit for one of your meals you absolutely here's the strategy need to have Organifi so here's what you do you need that in your life
1: one of my favorite things and by the way just a I'm going to completely make this up. One of the one of the things that uh, was great with chicken and biscuit is you could you'd have them with soup, right? Because mm. it's got that savory flavor. So some sure. kind of a vegetable-ish soup. Oh, okay. So what you could do is you could mix up some green juice from Organifi, warm it up in the microwave. Now you have warm green juice that you could have with your chicken and a biscuit. Oh
3: my God, that's gross! <laughs> what are you talking that about? so yeah, gross. That's not
2: going on the recipe list.
3: Damn it. Yeah. yeah,
2: I don't think I don't think Drew canoli's gonna like that one. <laughs> He's like, uh, guys, I don't think that was a very good commercial for us. Yeah. We have people microwaving our fucking green juice all you, over the country no, now. But you
3: can blend it and make some awesome shakes, mm-hmm. which I've done that. What did that you blend it good. with? Uh, with uh, ice, Ice, yeah. Oh, just with ice. <laughs> ice. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, what was it? Ice. Super deep recipe there. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like cheddar. Yeah. Mm. No, it's some berries. Yeah. I bl- threw some in there. You blended cheddar. it with some mozzarella. I had I had Chef <laughs> Ev I would do that getting
2: down for us last night. What did you do? The ribeye. Did you see the? mushrooms, onion, garlic, sautéed in ghee butter and then put that over the top of Why does over. he cook
1: like this for you guys? What do oh, you do
2: for him? Man, he's that's yeah, sh- I know, right? That's the mind pump chef, bro. Dude.
1: Yeah, but you're the only one that gets the benefit. That is where Nobody I lack all well, creativity. I don't I know get to cooking eat. I'm ideas. Respo- I'm
2: responsible for training him.
1: Does Evan have Does he listen to the show? Hmm? Does Evan listen to the show? Everett? Everett, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so you just I know, it. I just yeah. made up a name. shorten it up. I like him so much, I, may- I gave him a nickname. <laughs> that's does, it. Does we're not going to
2: call you by your name, Everett. We're going to call you Evan. Evan. You're more
3: Evan. That's you're what I want to do. You're more like an
2: Evan. I want to give people nicknames that
3: are yeah. not really nicknames. Yeah. It's just
1: another name. You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, John. Yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> like close that's to their name. My, no,
3: that's my name.
1: For that's you. what my son thought nicknames were when I was when he was a kid. Like, uh, just another name. You just, just call him yeah. something oh, else. Oh, that's my nickname, Dad. I'm like, no, that's not a normal name. You're Robert now. So does Everett listen to the show?
2: He does. Sporadically, though.
1: So, Everett. Which I think most people- I think you should make food for- Chicken and biscuit? Me and Justin, yeah, too. Yeah, so. Adam I think is we need to bring you in the studio. T- taking you for granted. I already yeah. told him I was the, the only boss. only reason- I already told him I was the boss. The uh, reason why we haven't aired your videos of cooking and stuff yet is because Adam- Yeah, Adam is holding it up. He's like, no, no, no. Bring me some food. I'll get that yeah. shit on tomorrow.
2: Taylor uh, and him shot- um, I second that. They, they shot ooh, a couple weeks ago. And cooking
1: video? Mm-hmm.
2: And Everett was like, oh, yeah, bro, I got this. And I talked to him afterwards that they got home because they must have spent like four hours shooting stuff. I said, hey, dude, how'd it it go? Oh, man, I need to practice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's just weird talking to the camera for that long. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm still not used to it, bro. Yeah, man. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we have... Either myself or Sal coming. I was in just going to
1: say, have us do it with him. Well, I, I, and I talked. You should remind me. Actually, you know who would be? We we should have Justin on there with him. Cakes, me? Yes, you. Why? You're, because first of all, you're brilliant on camera. You're hilarious as hell, um, and I think up. you'd be able to say funny shit. Yeah. With with Everett. Yeah. I you know mean, what I'm I, saying?
3: Yeah, we. I I can see that. That'd be kind of it fun. It depends on the direction that It depends, ends, yeah. Whatever, if you're trying to actually make like... I don't think we're trying to do comedy on that. Yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be... A, is that, wah, wah. I, I think people that want <laughs> yeah. a good recipe yeah, yeah. are like, hey, look at my balls.
3: Yeah, yeah. like, what are you t-? Come on, man! He's like, oh, look at my balls one, I'm on the like, cooking th- channel. What are you thinking? Be- one every three jokes of yours is guy. a dick joke, yeah. bro. No, it's not. Sure, it is. One out of three uh, is a dick joke. I'm going to call not. you on it. Watch, I'm going to call on the cooking channel. Yeah, like I would, I would joke like that. Uh, hey, hey on look, the I'm going to, s- I'm going to stir this. That's why it wouldn't shake. work. You'd be yeah. lost for zingers. you be like, oh, that was a perfect dick joke right there. I can't say anything.
2: Adam gave me shit about the dick jokes.
1: Everett's going to have. He's going to be Everett's assistant. Everett be like, can you grab the cucumber and just
2: be like, ah, damn it, I want
3: to say something it's right here it's, it's, right it's, it's right there in front of me
2: uh-huh. uh, I
1: can't wait though till we do some of that stuff with him huh
2: yeah, yeah we're already working towards that direction so we're, it's coming it's coming around the mountain when <laughs> she sing it I don't know how it goes yeah. when I, she comes
3: enlightened. coming
2: around the mountain when she comes yeah. it's Isn't coming around the mountain when she comes it's coming around the mountain when she comes no, no it's, no. No. Comes. <laughs> no. No? it's not like that that's <laughs> <No. laughs> pretty good sing it, sing it to me tell me no. how it goes yeah. That's me I mean, how it goes, you fucker. You can't sit in front of me and not singing. This is bro,
3: dude. I, I like that. She'll be
2: coming around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> How's it go?
3: <laughs> wow, it's almost like he's rocking as he's doing. That's it's great.
2: It's
1: good.
3: Yeah, yeah. You guys had it's a lot like, of effort there.
2: Oh, it's really good. You guys had no idea.
1: Uh oh. So anyway. Did you, guys, did you guys do any working out yet today? <laughs> You're the only person that works out. I in- know. I only asked that, so
3: you guys ask me. <laughs>
0: yeah. How How's your workout going? Why did you self? just tell us that? It'll I don't be, want to come I out. Work,
3: dude, I work out in the afternoon. We covered this. How was your workout yesterday? It was good. What'd you do? It was good. All kettlebell workout. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was like uh, I was doing just mobility, and then I, it turned into kind of like a light kettlebell skills kind of exercise day. It was fun. What do, What do you do for the skills? Like windmills? Juggling? Yeah, Juggling? No, no, for real. No, like Turkish get ups. Oh, okay. and Like, yeah. So I get through a lot of the movement practice and, um, you know, like arm bars and stuff like that. So I just go through a lot of the movements and get my joints mm. involved and in tension and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I did, I did some uh, Turkey get ups yesterday.
2: Turkey get ups? Mm-hmm. Turkish or Turkey? Turkey. It's like a half a Turkish get up. Is it really? Pretty one. You just look like a turkey <laughs> <laughs> trying to yeah. get up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did some of those. I, I'll tell you what, man, I've been doing trigger sessions consistently. It always blows me away, dude. And I probably have said this several times on the podcast. I feel like you're always trying to sell me your program, dude. It's not even, uh, it's not even that. It's not even that. <laughs> that
2: literally, I feel like you're always trying to push your program. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's
1: it's li- Seriously.
2: Been, I mean, you know what I've been doing? Focus sessions like crazy. Have you been doing them? Lots of focus Super sessions. Super hyper-focused. What do, you, what do you think of them? Amazing. Yeah.
1: Are they awesome? Changing my physique uh, so when every I do, day. When I do trigger sessions Highly focused. I, consistently, I see change very quickly with them very very quickly the you know why i bring this up all the time is because i'll, I'll it. fall out of favor <laughs> no they'll fall out of favor with me where i'll start doing like one a day or two a day instead of the three a day mm-hmm. makes a big difference that's it all. does that's I, I, I did that this morning i just <clears> did him now
2: it's i it's really tough for me to to discipline myself to revisit it two or three times a day i'm not gonna lie that's
1: the hard part it is is it really, the, the doing them so frequently. Yeah.
2: Even though it's only five minutes. I know. That, it's funny that something that easy, that short, that quick, uh I just I, I feel like I mentally prepare myself for like, okay, this is gonna be my workout time, I'm gonna do it. And then I do it, and then when it's done, it's done, you know? And so I don't I don't have this desire to go back. So I do have in our spare our spare room, which is right next to our master, a pull up bar with our bands hanging from it. And so I try and get in a habit of, you know, once before I go to bed, I'm trigger, must, trigger, trigger. Yeah, yeah. Do some stuff. That I get pumped up before I go in bed with Katrina. You know, before I come in, she's like, damn, you look so good. I'm like, oh, yeah. Pumping up the wrong muscles, buddy. Those so uh, trigger, so trigger <laughs> sessions <laughs> yeah. Sal's got me on.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, occluded body. So, so here's the understated part about trigger sessions that I always notice is the fat loss effect. I notice my body gets lean very quickly doing them. And if, let's say, you do seven minutes each time, that's about 21 minutes of activity. 20 minute 21 minutes of cardio doesn't even equate to what this does and I think it just has to do with the you know like like making your body want to build muscle instead you know what I'm saying it's um pretty cool
2: we used to use some bro science like that where you know when you're when you're getting ready to go hit stage time you're trying to shuttle carbohydrates into so you get a pump while you eat them hmm so it's like you you eat and then right after you eat you're you're getting pumped. But there's I, some there's some logic there. No, I I agree. A lot of times, you know, we give bros such a hard time, but if it wasn't for the bros out there doing stupid shit, we wouldn't be able to. We probably wouldn't have studied things to support it or to say nay, right? So somebody has to go out there and be the 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 test. Because I feel like if you're
1: if you're working your muscles to a particular with a particular intensity, it's going to want to replenish glycogen. You've got glycogen. Or excuse me, carbs coming in your system, you're probably you're right. You probably are going to shuttle more to muscles, or at least it sounds logical. Well, and and the problem all- is, how would you study that? Oh,
2: that's that's the bro science part, right? They they talk about it. Like- is it common? Do a lot of people do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I mean, that's what you do. Well, as, as far as I know, most guys that I was around them, especially when you're loading for a day like a show day where it really matters, that's you're doing that after every. Right after I can, I, I think the, the one of the last shows I did, I think I ate like nine meals the the day leading up to the show, and
1: it's just a bunch of like carb mm. protein meals. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this, because you you normally take like four days off of training before your competition, mm-hmm. but you're still doing these types of things. So right. it's more like trigger sessions,
2: right? So and the the, oh, the, the idea behind that's that,
1: where the benefits coming, motherfuckers. The mm. idea the
2: idea behind that too is, you know, some guys there's a lot of guys actually that still train. There's two camps in this, right? There's the one camp is, you know, oh, I uh, I want to keep my body on its normal routine, keep me training all the way up till like literally the day of showtime. So they, they their idea is that's what they they want their body to be used to that. They want to maximize uh, the pump that they get from the day before and the day of working out. The other camp is and the camp that I'm in is, you know, you, when you deplete like that, And then you're starting to refuel and refeed the body and fill it back out, constantly doing workouts and exercising like like an hour routine and stuff like that kind of is being counterproductive of what you're trying to do. Sure. So and, you know, all workouts are different and, you know, hard to make them exactly the same every time. So my theory is like the reason why I I cut training out the last four days is because I've already done all the work like I'm not going to build. You know, extra muscle in the last couple of days. I'm more like trying to be very precise about how much I intake to fill me all the way out, but not to overdo it. And I think if you're exercising during those days, you make that that much harder to try and figure so, that out. So
1: instead of doing hard workouts, what if like there's trigger sessions? Right You be-
2: after you eat, it's like a little, just a tiny little. Pump a little pump. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, and and really for. For me, it was always the area, pumping into areas that I wanted to look. So if I felt like... Now, let me
1: ask you this. So here's a great question. Do you <clears throat> notice as this progresses, you're getting better and better pumps?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Because that's what happens with trigger sessions. Well, yeah, but then you, the hard thing to, to tease... You're also it, carb loading. Right. Yeah. So that'd be hard to tease yeah. it out. Like, yeah.
1: Well, so that's what I notice when I do trigger sessions consistently is as I... If I do them consistently, and what I mean by consistently is... 3 times a day on my non-foundational days. Okay, Mon- uh, morning, afternoon, evening. I notice by the evening session my pump is getting it's it's much better than it was in the mi- in the middle of the day one and in the morning one.
2: I mean, it makes total sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it's you're waking that up, right? First thing in the morning, you you do the first one and let's say it's like so let's say you're doing a shoulder and a bicep pump like, you're recruiting more neurons into that area, right? You're sending more blood flow into that area. So, I mean, that alone already, and then if you progressively do that throughout the day, you're, more and more is happening. So, it seems logical that, you know, that you get I, a better pump. You know, when I day, when, when I first
1: uh, put together the first maps, I, th- for sh- I thought the trigger session part was the most... Um, important in the sense that – not important for the programming, but important in the sense that it was different and I thought it was going to be a game changer. And I still think that and I still think it's um, – what's the word? Uh, underrated. And and I think the main reason why it's underrated is what what we're talking about now is I think a lot of people just don't do them consistently yeah. when they buy the program. <clears throat> because they get good results from doing the phasing, right, right. from the good programming. I agree. From all that. and But they're missing on that one piece that I think – because trigger sessions technically – if you program them, you can program with any workout. You don't have to follow maps. Yeah, I, I've coached uh, bodybuilders and competitors who do body part splits on how to use trigger sessions with their split. Well, and e- they get blown away by even too.
2: before even before your trigger session concept. Uh, you know, this is how I applied focus sessions, which were a little more intense, right? But it's my my way of thinking is a similar process, right? It's the same idea. You're just you got to think too. You're getting more more volume cuz you're even if it's lighter it's still more volume sure. you know what I'm saying you're getting more activity there mm. so you got to think that you're sending the signals so your body is uh, at, at the bare minimum going to at least keep muscle maybe yeah. it may not it, it may not be a loud enough signal to promote huge growth well, i think
3: we all saw that benefit to it and immediately like I was like oh that relates a lot to skills training and practice and mobility and like it's all, you same. Know, it's all yeah it's all related it definitely builds the volume and it does it in a way where it's beneficial for adaptations so. i th- i think we're the biggest game changer and why it's
2: uh, i think what was so special about maps was it's so polar opposite of most the message that's given out there right now <clears throat> that that's why so many people are seeing such a huge difference from it because, you know, everything you see right now on Instagram is these these splits and these seven days a week and no days off. And that like, it's just, the, it's the complete opposite approach and it's a much smarter approach towards your results. And I think that most people were attempting that other way. So mm-hmm. when they go back and like do this, in a much more methodical way, they see huge results. So and then d- if you actually apply the trigger sessions. It's so
1: remember the, which Batman was it with um, the dude who had the crazy looking mask and he was hella jacked? Bane. Bane. Uh, yeah. Who's the actor that plays him?
3: Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he built. Tom Hardy.
1: There you go. He, he built hella muscle uh, for that role. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I just saw this the other day. Someone sent it to me, and they're like, "Oh shit, he did trigger sessions." Now I don't think he, I don't know, I don't think he followed maps or whatever. I think he just did it himself. But he talked about his uh, his workout routine. Who's his trainer? Did it highlight that? I don't remember. I don't, mm. or at least it didn't list it. Maybe he said that the way he worked out was instead of doing these crazy, you know, two hour workouts, is he would do these mini workouts all day long. Mm. And that he got way better results doing it. And he built lots of muscle. And someone sent that to me. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, you know that he did that. So pretty cool. That's cool. I yeah. think you yeah.
3: get jacked I, for that movie.
2: I mean, I I did one one show. I don't know why I had the time to do this, but I did have one of my shows where and I don't know what we were doing currently at that time. But I had, it might have been one of the early ones where I just I made that like the number one priority. Like I'm training. I'm dieting. I'm, I'm gonna go win this show. Like it's. Everything else in my life was priority two, three, four. Like, I really was that focused on training. And so I was utilizing things like this where I'd be in the gym like three, four times in a day, but it wasn't like a crazy intense workout at all. It was like the idea was I was going You'd in. Pump and, each yeah. Time. Yeah. Just I would go address, I'd go in, go hit shoulders and maybe buys. And then I'd come back later on and go get triceps and maybe back. And then I'd come back again, you know. And, and then in between, I was walking, then I'd go eat and then come back. Like, oh man. I mean, I never felt that so. That sounds
1: like fun. It, it, was, it actually does. I'm not being.
2: I'm not well, even, no. It was. I. It was actually freaking really awesome, and I never felt taxed. Right. I never felt how like did your body response. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it was definitely part of the the journey for me during all the shows and on, on the way to go going pro and stuff. I don't remember what show it was. Now, I don't think it was like this. Holy shit! It changed who I was. Well, you already
1: but, knew how to work out, right? Yeah, it's
2: You're, not like it was going to be this like it was like game changing for me or what like that. But it was it was really nice. It was a refreshing way to train if I had that kind of time, right? Like if I was a full time competitor and made enough income that I, all I had to do was worry about. You lived in Kuwait, right? You <laughs> right. paid for everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that excellent point right there. Oh, so it is. that's it. It's actually that's an actually. So when when I talked to Ben Pukolski. And this was a question, actually, that uh, that will address that was on our Q&A that we didn't put up here was uh, if we knew what was going on over there. And I, I did have a chance to talk to Ben about this. And he's been there and gone through the whole thing, and he's like, no, it's not because we thought like, oh, they must be like myostatin statin, yeah, inhibitor. crazy drug, we yeah, remember, right, or the newest purest, you know, steroid. And he's like, no, nah. and of course they have, they have good steroids, yeah, there. they have that, but that's high, no high premium, but stuff, plenty yeah. of guys order that stuff and get it over where we're at, so that's not the big difference. He says it's just the environment. It's like the most ultimate recovery, rehab, fuel gym sleep is all centralized in like this one location so that's you know, all you do you go there and that's all you. yeah do. train eat sleep yeah. train eat sleep train eat sleep and that's probably happening multiple times probably three times a day for a lot of those guys be really interesting to actually ask one of them at like if that if that's true like i'd be i would speculate now knowing from ben's perspective what we speculated on yeah, and now seeing seeing that seeing that such a huge change in these guys and it's like dude i bet I bet they did a crazy hard training session in the day and then they had one or two other ones where they were constantly just touching muscles and stuff like that uh, all day all day long and then fueling up and then sleeping and shit. So yeah. I bet that's right in line. Awesome. I bet you.
0: Bring it. This Quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's organif dot And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Chris Santee. I'm never happy with any jobs I have and change jobs within a year. I'm 24 years old. How did you guys figure out what you wanted to do? Oh, wow. I'm going to address the very first part of that. <laughs> yeah, I go. Why don't
1: wow. you go? Yeah. Um, mm. I can hear it in your voice, right? Mm.
2: Uh, I'm, yeah, I know. I hope we don't, I don't lose a fan here. I know. So uh, I'm never happy with the jobs I have. Well, there, there's your problem right there. Yeah, it's, not, it's never the jobs. It's you. You know, you're the common denominator in all this. They're all different jobs, but you tend to continue to be unhappy. And you can't, and I think when people are searching for external things to create happiness within, uh, they forever fall short because that's not how it works. It starts within. It's very simple or similar to Sal giving his, uh, you know, weight loss analogy for people that. You know they want to lose this weight because they don't love themselves, or because, it'll make them happy. They right? Won. They think if once they lose their fifty or hundred pounds, they're going to be happy. And then guess what happens? They lose their fifty hundred pounds, and they're still just as unhappy as what they were when they first started. And realize that it wasn't the the fifty pounds. It's it's something that starts within. Like so, you make that choice, and you know I, I also think this was some of the benefits uh, for me for being somebody who kind of had kind of a tough upbringing and childhood and. You know, uh, I I like I learned to have to look at things in a more positive light because there was so much negativity and bad stuff that was around me. So you actually learn because you have to survive in that that setting. That you know everything isn't happy, isn't grand, isn't easy. In fact, most of everything that was around me was extremely challenging and hard. And so I found to 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 love everything I did, and the way I did that was, and a good book for this is uh, Fred Factor. It's a short, easy read, um, and it's it's really about uh, you wanting to be the best version of yourself, no matter what it is that you're doing. Um, so that's just the first half of this sentence like you're never happy with the job. so that it's not the job, it's you. so you have to you have to look into that first. Um, and if that stings me saying that, that should just let you know how much that's probably an issue. So uh, I'll,
1: I'll say this. Um, two things so to kind of comment on what you said, Adam. Um you're never going to be happy seeking happiness, right Because okay? seeking is literally the antithesis antithesis of happiness. So the seeking itself is, is part of the problem. So that's number one. But number two, you're 24 years old, make your own job, like make your own career. This is the best time uh, in history for you to be able to do that. And what I mean by that is the opportunities are so incredible right now for you to create your own employment. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't, I'll, I i do not think I will ever be as content working for someone else as I ever will be, uh, work like I am working for myself. And I invented my own, my own career, my own job. Now, when I first started as a trainer, I absolutely loved it. I loved the gym and I was one of those lucky people that kind of knew early on, you know, what did I wanted to do? But, um, I'm also one of those people that when it, when things change and shift, I make the change um, and the, the shift that I make is is one to to suit me a little better. Like I said, I work for corporate gyms and I work for myself. So 24 years old, create your own job. Uh, whatever you are, whatever you do like, you can create a, a, career, a business out of it, mm. especially with social media. You don't need millions of followers to do this. You just need thousands. Yeah. Uh, you need to provide good content, good value. Taylor, the guy that runs our our social media and our youtube he had a six-figure big you know business when he was in his i think he was 1920 you know and he was brokering tennis shoe sales um and selling apparel to people who were in that world i mean he completely created his own job and he loved it Um, and then when he stopped liking it he stopped doing Hmm. it
3: manifest destiny i mean if you're unhappy like And this is something that, you know, um, I'm always I'm always hypercritical of my state of mind uh, while I'm doing things like and I'm not much for like woo woo or like, um, you know, energy or whatever you're putting out or like the secret or anything like that. But uh, at the same time, like there's there's something to your attitude going into work or, or certain activities or different things that you feel are like super hard and challenging for you. If you go in and you start really working just on your attitude, that's when things start to kind of open up and make sense. Like so somebody may pick up on this this positivity, this energy that may present, you know, another opportunity that actually might be the job you've always wanted. You know, but like if you're not projecting yourself in a way that's attractive to whatever that job may be that you really want, um, you know, that's going to be a really hard thing to overcome. Like, it's just going to keep repeating itself because, you know, the attitude is everything, man. It's, it, it's what you have to like start uh, well, with. You know, I, I looked at her, <clears throat> her profile just now
2: and, you know, at literally at this age. So, or I had a girlfriend that was 24 and I, I was 28 at the time. And I remember th- during the, we were, we were together for a little over a year. And I remember in that year and a half, almost two years time that she had like three or four jobs. And I remember like her like writing up her resume for this new job that they, they were offering her more money than the current one she was at, and I remember asking her like, you know, why are you why are you leaving this job? And she's like, what do you mean? This they're offering me at least a dollar fifty to two dollars more an hour for this job, and I'm like, well, yeah, but what about? See, I said, what about the people that are, look at this resume like the way I would look at this resume? Because if you drop this resume in front of me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hire you. And she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, you've got what like the span. You got like six to eight jobs that you different jobs. You you think you're building a resume by having this? And none of them you've stayed for longer than a year. So what that says to me is, as an employer, like I go, how do, what makes me think she's going to be loyal to me and stay working for me for longer than a year? Uh, there's no way I'm going to hire this person. You know, I don't care if she's got this experience, this experience, that experience. It shows shows to me that she can't stay loyal to anybody. And then when things get tough, she probably bounces." And so, you know, if you're finding this where you're bouncing from job to job, you know, this is a great time to have self-reflection and go like, okay, what is it in my day to day that I'm hating, why I'm hating or I don't like this job so much that I need to leave and then addressing that and working on it. Um, You know, there there was no job I ever did that was perfect and easy and just what i love to do but you know i i found i found what i liked about
3: all of them they're stepping stones
2: right, right. and then and then when you when you come across the challenges because that's that's inevitable that's going to happen it happens to all of us and you get angry or you get frustrated or you want to be there instead of doing what most people do in those situations blaming the boss blaming the employee you're working with ban- blaming the customers how about Stopping right there, reflecting on why does this make me feel that way? Why do I not like this job? Why do I hate this person? Why do I hate working for them? And look deep inside yourself and ask yourself what what makes you feel that way and then try and re- reflect and grow on that.
1: Yeah, and, and, and just consider the, there's so many opportunities that present themselves in situations that you would never expect. You know, I made years ago, I had a member that approached me um, who had this uh, idea, this business idea, and it was uh, it was multi level marketing, and I knew it was. But I said to myself, um, "He's a member, you know. I, I want to show up. I already told him I would." But I knew it was going to be bullshit. We sat down and we talked about that and whatever. It wasn't. You know, it was it was multi level marketing. It wasn't something that I was interested in. But I showed up and I had great conversation with this person. I made a good contact. Years later, this person had becoming uh, very valuable to me in my business as somebody who would refer me clients and customers um, you don't know what kind of opportunities you're going to be presented mm-hmm. working for these different jobs and these different bosses with these different employees so in these jobs even if you are thinking to yourself i want to leave i need to find another job always be awesome like yeah. never represent yourself in a way that is less than your best because <clears throat> showing your best and being your best and working hard opens up so many doors and opportunities more than we can we can calculate right now more than we can figure right now because like i said opportunities present themselves in very strange ways i've made many business deals and many i've had many awesome things happen out of situations that i would have never expected out of meetings that i didn't want to go to because every, i thought it was a waste of time
2: every job i've had that Every job, every business, everything I've tried to be involved in has led to something else Mm -hmm. or the potential to something else because of that. You couldn't be more right with that statement that if and this is Fred Factor gets into that. So that's why this is that's such a great book to read is you when you when you put your heart and soul into everything that you do and you take pride in it like that. You know, you never know. Like, And I have no idea what this person does. But let's just say, you know, 24 years old, you've got like maybe like a Starbucks job. Right. I'm sure a lot of 24 year olds work at Starbucks. So we'll just use as an example. And, you know, you just you do your job just like the other everybody else does. You say the thing they tell you to say when people come up, you take the order in. you do what you're supposed to do just to get by and stuff like that. And you don't really make a mark. But then let's pretend you're that, that, that kid or that person that works there that does go above and beyond all the time. And you're the person that these customers, they come in, they just, they love to see your face because you always say something different or make them smile or make them laugh and you become this memorable person. And then guess what? One day, you know, this multimillionaire walks in who owns six different companies and just happens to be looking for a position for somebody, like maybe his right-hand girl assistant or whatever, and you just, there's something about you, your presence that he's drawn to and says, hey, you know what? Did you always want to work here? Would you be open to something else? And he drops you his card and he walks away and now you're set up with some... You never know. You, you know never know. There's so have, many... I've, I've been... I don't know how many times it's happened to me. Me though, too. like that where, where somebody has seen... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I could go back and, and those that have been... I've been to
1: propositioned to for, for other jobs and careers so many times because just the way I you know interact with people when they would come to my gym. Mm-hmm. Members used to... I used to get... I, I can't tell you... I mean... It was. It would be pretty regularly where a member would come up to me and be like, "Hey, would you like to work here for right. me here? Would you like to?" And that's how I found half my staff, by the way,
2: within careers Same way. that have yeah. nothing to do with what you do. That's it, yeah. right? Like, I mean, most all those propos- propositions I've had or been have been uh, a field that I'd know nothing about. But it's not. That's it's the character they see. Really good leaders can see, can find and see character dude, like this. Dude, half, look,
1: of my, half of my staff, I would, I, I, I got yeah, that way. I, it it look, sticks out
2: like a sore thing. I look for this all the time. I mean, look at the people that are working with us now, right? As we start to bring people on board with Mind Pump, these are people that I've probably known for a really long time or connected through me, through somebody else. And the reason why we've brought them into our circle, it has nothing to do with, oh, maybe they're the best at doing this one skill set that we need. It's their character, right? It's, it's, it's their attitude. It's their vision. It's who they, who they are as a person. I believe once they understand what we're trying to accomplish, they'll figure out a way to apply that and help. And I think most really good leaders see this in people. And so you most certainly got to find a way to change your attitude towards the jobs. Eventually the career or the thing you do for the rest of your life will come. And let's be honest, most of us feel like we're probably just now finding that and we're approaching our 40s. Yep. So mm-hmm. don't trip out. You're only 24.
0: Yeah, you'll get there. Next up is Sac. E, who plays collegiate rugby and wants tips on how to become faster and more explosive.
3: Ooh, Brighton. sounds like a great candidate for Maps Performance. Yeah, you know, you know why I like this question or why I picked it
1: because I want to address getting faster and being more explosive for a sport, mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, the time, skills. yeah, and the times you train to become faster and more explosive. Are not when you're in the peak of your season. Mm-hmm. So I want to be clear with that. When you're training to improve upon your power, mm-hmm. your strength, and your speed, the time to do that is before the season. That's, that's when why you can, we have an off season. That's why you have an off season. It's not because you're taking a break and relaxing necessarily, it's because yeah. you're trying to improve upon the foundations of your performance, which are strength, speed, you know, agility, power, mm-hmm. uh, endurance, or stamina, you want to build those as much as you can uh, in the in the preseason, then in the season, your job with your training really is just to kind of maintain and prevent injury. It's it's not a good idea to train hard to improve while you're in the peak of your season because it's kind of a recipe for injury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just too much. It's too much it all the time. It's counterproductive. It yeah. is. So, like, for example, the way we programmed maps performance which uh is d- definitely ideal for athletes the way we set up the phases is so that you have four phases leading up to a season yeah, yeah. and at, and then right when the season starts you're at peak performance you've already done the strength you've already done the you know the training for for it you was know.
3: very it was very thought out as far as the progression of like which adaptation would fit best you know in conjunction and going like in in specific order and that is definitely why we put endurance at the very end of it because, you know, the body can really respond and adapt fairly quickly uh, to that adaptation. And and so we wanted to make sure that that fit in nicely, like right going into like, say, you're going into your double days. You're going into, mm-hmm. you know, you practice with the team and you want to be at your ultimate conditioning. Um, but, yeah, like Sal said, working on... Um, that raw strength, that that ability to um, you know on command um, you know drive weight off the ground or drive your your legs hard into the ground, mm-hmm. um, you know these are these are things that you definitely need um, to build upon. But you know it, it's going to work in this in this sort of ladder fashion where we're going to go into that and then we're going to go into the next phase where. You know, we're we're working a little bit more on our proprioception. We're working on our movement patterns mm-hmm. and and making sure that you know the body and, and the joints can respond appropriately when you make those hard cuts. This these uh,
1: the other thing too, I see a lot when athletes talk about getting faster and more explosive, is that they focus on uh, complex movements and techniques and forget. Mm-hmm that the foundation for all these pursuits all of these physical pursuits is strength is strength so what i mean by that is if you build just good solid strength while maintaining your skills training because you don't want to lose your skills or your your you know your connection to your body or the or the field or all that stuff if you build just regular strength you're going to get a lot faster mm-hmm. and you're going to get a lot more more explosive so the first thing i ever i ever recommend to an athlete who's asking me this question is I say just get stronger in your core oh, foundational let's, movement let's
2: let's break let's literally break down and share the the, the each phase and how many weeks and how we program so green so people understand that I mean it's we start we start off with raw strength in, in MAPS performance and it's we're there for three weeks. That's your maximal
1: kind of grinding strength, right? So yeah.
2: you you train that first. So for three weeks, you're you're heavily
3: focused on on strength, which is your low rep range, heavy weight in the tempo. With that, we're a little more in the eccentric part with the explosive come up off the ground. So it is that like maximal uh, tri- like force output. Does well, then we move it? over to reactive
2: strength, which yeah. is fa- phase two. And phase two, we're there for for three weeks also, and then from reactive strength. We move over to explosive strength, yeah, speed, power, and that's three three weeks also, and then we finish finish up with strength durability or what we would call so endurance. So that's mm-hmm. what we were saying before you head into it. Mm-hmm. So that's what the the entire layout looks like. So it's a total of what three six nine to eleven weeks? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? Mm-hmm. Right, eleven total weeks leading up to your season, and literally if you followed that kind of formula of every three fa- three weeks, you're phasing into a new adaptation towards. Uh, performing better, and then leading up to that's your- the
1: order. That's exactly the order. You want to become faster and more explosive. That's the order you should train your 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 slow grinding, you know, base strength and your reactive strength, which is more about proprioceptive ability. Because now we want to make it so that you have it uh, be more a little more functional, and then to your power type training. The durability training uh, is more towards just giving you stamina. But really, the first three phases, like what Adam was talking about, that's the order. That you want to train, and you should spend at least two to four weeks in each phase, leading up to the explosive training phase, which is also if you're if you're training for explosive power and you're doing things like plyos, it's very specific. Yeah, the goal is not fatigue. The goal is not to burn yourself out. The goal is literally to be able to explode yeah. as hard as possible and so that's the way you want to treat your plyo training get as well. like close
3: to instantaneous response as possible and, and what's really cool about it is you know as you go through like raw strength you really can see how now uh, just having more strength and stability by you know doing these types of lifts at that pace We'll go into now, okay, I'm taking my time, but now I'm moving in more multi fashion, which is very important because, you know, in a game setting, you're, you're not going to be in this nice, like comfortable sagittal plane. You're going to be all over the place mm-hmm. and your joints have to have that strength and respond appropriately further out, which mobility was the other part to that, that really enforces, um, the fact that, you know, you are capable of going a little bit further with your joints. You just have to make sure you, you are secure in that and you have the ability to summon strength to overcome the force. Well, on that note, which is important,
2: I didn't say as I was laying out the layout and the format of maps performance is also on your off days, you know, of training for these adaptations, you're focused on what are called mobility days right so there's specific movements in there to improve upon your mobility while you're still training for your sport or whatever it is that we're leading up to so um that's what it looks like on your other day so instead of trigger sessions or focus sessions like we do in the other programs performance is heavily focused on the mobility for the reasons that justin's talking about and
1: that begs this question does working on mobility make me faster and more explosive yes yes Absolutely, because many times... It's very foundational. Yeah, many times the limiting factor with an athlete uh, in terms of their speed and explosiveness is a lack of mobility or a lack of stability because the body comes with its own rev limiter, if you will. Like when you're lifting a weight, uh, a maximal weight, or when you're exploding or taking off as quickly as you can, your body has these natural checks and balances that prevent you from exerting maximal force because mm-hmm. it's protecting you from injury. Yeah. Now, the more training you go through, the more experience you have, the more you're able to reach a limit of uh, or reach your limit of maximal exertion, which is part of the reason why you get so much stronger and better just by practicing the skill. But uh, mobility helps with that because mobility has it's, – it's everything, right? It's stability. It's being able to move a joint through a large range of motion, but have control in that entire range of motion. It's moving in all these different planes and having control. So if now you're super stable and mobile in all these different ranges of motion, when you go to make a movement or explode or cut to the left or to the right or jump, that limiter that you have on your body- yeah, It opens up a bit. It's, it opens up because mm-hmm. you're stable and your body senses this. So now it's boom. You yeah. feel like you can move- uh, with more speed and, and, and that,
3: You're, yeah, your body doesn't want to injure itself. Right? right. So you have to teach it that it's going to be okay. And like the more you teach it, that it's going to be okay with these types of explosive movements, you know, the better your performance gets, the more output you, you, you get with, you know, with that movement. So it, it definitely is a repetition thing that you have to apply.
0: That's right. So mobility, big, big, important factor. Next question is from MGRDO31. How do you guys pick the books you read?
2: Mm. yeah Adam uh, I have a couple different ways that I do that I, that's a good that's
1: a question I would like to know from you
3: yeah
2: um, I, there's a couple well there's it depends the when
1: recommendations right?
3: sometimes so
2: or... some yeah no there's a there's a so like I said there's several different ways one of the ways uh, I used to read was I'd go Um. I'd read two books that I, I about something that I wanted to learn and then I'd read one that was like purely for entertainment for me so I used to read a lot of uh, biographies and stuff so I typically would read two books that was on topics or subjects that I wanted to learn more about, and then I would read one that was purely for you know entertainment reasons or about some about somebody that I wanted to learn about. So that was kind of the formula I, I followed for quite some time. This past year, um, I set a goal at the beginning of the year just to make sure that I, I knocked out one book a month which I don't think is too much a stretch and I know some people that read way fucking Ben what does Ben read five a week or something ridiculous makes me feel like a chump when he does that Uh, but you know so some people read a lot faster than I do so you could knock out more but I know that what I tend to do is I used to in the past I'd go in these these spurts where it's like if I'm traveling and vacation I'm flying a lot I'm reading a lot then I'm busy and then all of a sudden I stop reading and then I I would go on these you know peaks and valleys, and one of the things that I wanted to establish this year was just consistency with reading because I noticed that it creates better content content for me on on posts and stuff I put out, better content for what we talk about on the show, and so this year was more about consistency with me with reading, and so that's why I set out the goal that I want to knock out a book a month, and right now the way I, I typically choose books, it, it is it's it's a, along the lines of things that. Um I'm interested in I don't read a lot of uh, fitness stuff which I think a lot of people think that we would um like right now I'm reading uh I'm reading a couple of books right now I'm reading subliminal right now I'm reading .com secrets right now and I'm reading blue waters. So typically I'm typically reading two or three books. One book I'm reading by myself, one book uh I'm normally reading with Katrina or listening to on Audible and then I normally have a book that I'm listening to to and from work. So you know, dot com secrets is internet marketing. Uh, Subliminal is about unconscious and conscious neuroscience, and then um, uh, blue ocean strategy is is business, right? So you know, those I I tend to those those are kind of the topics that I I, I like to learn about. Um, A lot I've actually read a lot of books this year that were referred to me. One of my favorite things about sharing what I'm reading is. I get a audience of people that will inbox me and be like, oh, if you like that, you should read this, Adam. And so I've read uh, quite a few books this year that were purely recommendations from other people based off of what they've seen that I'm reading. And I know people too that uh, know that I love to challenge one way, so I'll read a books with opposing, like so. I already have the book lined up for after Blue Ocean Strategy, and it's called Red. Something I forgot what it's called, mm. but it's basically the, so op- you see the opposite. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the opposite theory, right? It's the opposite That's theory cool. of, yeah. of. So that way, I can get two perspectives, right? This whole book is because. Anyone's silly to think that there's not going to be a bias in every book that you read. It's written of by course. it's written by a human, yeah. right? And we all have bias. You know, we all have pol- political sides to us. We all have personal views, religious views, whatever. And so anything uh, is going to have some sort of bias. And because of that, I love and I really this is a page out of Paul Check. I, I mean, I, I aspire to be like this one day, where my library looks like his. Where if somebody came in you would just trip out on how different... His readings, well, the counter, are, yeah, the yes, counter, each other, yes, there, yeah, on, yeah you, I mean, you just re- have like the vegan miracle and
1: then like paleo solution, and you yeah. know, all like right, right. next to each other,
2: yeah, head. and all different religions and practices and yeah. ideologies that are conflicting of each other. I just love that, and I think that I think everybody should kind of take it's a page out of that. Re- well-rounded, yeah, especially yeah, when we've yeah. talked about this on the show before. I think real quick you can get a lot of confirmation bias because you, if you tend to oh read this book and then what do they do? If you read this book, you should read this book too. Oh, if you read that book, you should read. This this book too, and guess what? They're all saying the same goddamn message. You yeah, know, what I'm saying in yeah, different words. It's yeah. like, you know, instead of that, actually, why don't you read the book that is completely counter, that refutes it? Yeah, yeah. right. That refutes that, and, and then actually, and then gather your mm. knowledge like that. So, mm. you know, I, I like to read like that. I like to challenge my my own way of thinking and uh, and philosophies, and uh, but I those are kind of the subjects I like. I like uh, psychology too, so I, I, I know. I picked up a book the other day that was not, I don't remember the title Mm. of it, but Mm. I just went to the bookstore the other day and I'll just grab a bunch of topics I like.
1: I I really, really, really love uh, books. However, um, I don't read a lot of them, believe it or not. I don't read a lot of actual books. The way I read is I read uh, articles, I read studies, I read magazines, I read Uh, you know, I belong to forum groups, uh, that, uh, that, you know, some of them are economic, some of them are science, some of them are nutrition, some of them are political, you know, whatever, you know, some of them entrepreneur and then people on there will post interesting articles Mm -hmm. or studies or, you know, debates or discussions. And that's where I consume 99% of the information uh, that I consume. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say this though. I go through spurts of where I'll pick up a book and read a book. And when I do that, I tend to read a whole bunch in a real short period of time. Like I'll have like a one month period where I really want to read books. And I haven't had one in a couple of years, but when this happens, I'll read, you know, in a month I can read as many as 10 books all at once. So it hasn't happened, uh, like I said, for a few years. We'll see what happens. The other thing that happens to me is I'll read a book and once I feel like I got the idea, I stop reading the book. Mm-hmm. I do you know how many books I've read halfway through? Oh, I've, or, done I've done that a lot. Yeah, I, I,
2: do, a, I do that. I do that a lot. We once get, I know. feel like the book I have is, a fifty page rule. Really? Mm-hmm. I gotta read the first fifty pages. Yeah, I, I have a fifty page rule, I give every book at least fifty pages. Well, me. I mean if it's it, I, no, not always. It's if I I'll give every book, no matter how slow of a start it is, at least fifty pages. And if I if I feel like I already know where mm-hmm. it's going, like yeah. okay, I'll give you an example. Although I did finish it because Katrina and I were going together, the uh, the Alchemist. Like I I read that book so late. Like everyone has been telling me to read that book for like ten years or whatever, and I was just like I never got to yeah, it. Yeah, Courtney just read that. I finally read it, and people just love that book. And I think so many people. T- I was like, oh well, I've heard this message told a million different ways in a million other books that I've read already. So even though I listened to the whole thing because Katrina was enjoying it, I was like. I was telling her like, oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. He's going to do this and this is this and this is the moral of the story and this is why. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I get books like that too where I'll read a book and because I feel like I can, I already get the message it's trying to, to give and I it's like, why should I, well, I don't want to read the rest of yeah, like, it. I'd, re- I'd rather read something that's going to be like, oh shit. Well, once I mm-hmm. feel
1: like I get the message and then I feel like they start repeating themselves or trying to make different cases for it, then I'm, the last book that I read that was really, a full book that was really compelling that was, Different in the, New it, it, Earth for you. I'm sorry, New Earth. No, no. Oh, uh, well, A New Earth was really good. That was definitely fantastic. Oh, I've heard you talk about that more than any Yeah, book. no, no, that was a fantastic book. Um, then before that, the one I was just thinking right now was Uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, which uh, is a very interesting book. Um, my sister loved that one, did she? Uh-huh. Very interesting book. It, it got me to think of things a little differently. Th- around this time, this is when I was. Uh, you know, because my family's Catholic, so I was raised Catholic. Then I became atheist, pretty hardcore. This book got me to kind of where I'm at now, where I'm more of an agnostic. You know, kind of, I don't believe there's nothing, but I also don't believe in one particular thing. And uh, very, very interesting book, good read, fascinating. Uh, But other than that, man, it's just fucking. I just read articles. uh, It's funny too because uh, people think I read books all the time. Well,
2: you know why? Because and this just happened to us this morning. You were talking about a study. And I'm reading it in a book that I'm reading right now. Oh, really? And you've already read the study in probably just by itself, PubMed, or in an article yeah. because that's how you read. And you were familiar with what I was trying to explain that the book gave a whole chapter around me understanding it and then explaining and then talking about the study where you're somebody who goes directly to the source a lot. Like much much of the books that, are, that we read, at least all of us, are into are based off a lot of these science, especially when we're talking about neuroscience, consciousness, mm-hmm. and shit like that which you're very much so into. You've already read all the studies for it. You get you get the premise. Like so I'm gonna spend my I'm gonna spend the next couple of weeks reading this book that you grasp already because you've already read the study, so Everybody get. I think everybody gets information. Mm. In, in That's di- a good in different point. ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I I, I tend to, you know. cereal look, boxes for you, right? Cereal uh, and usually, doc, <laughs> yeah, like Doctor Seuss and, and Marvel <laughs> comics. Hey, bro, <laughs> do do not knock on fucking Doctor Seuss because I,
2: I still, still stay, read it to my kids. He's all one, time. He, in my opinion, he's the greatest philosopher no, of all time. I love, I love it. I, red fish, blue I, fish. I'm not knocking that. I will. I will fight I, I, that all day long. <laughs> I think he's the greatest philosopher. Yeah, of all time.
3: Yeah. No. I like a lot of my clients tend to recommend books. And so um, that's usually where I, I tend to get my ideas from for the most part, because they're all just like killing it in business and life. And um, I'm always very receptive to, you know, any kind of advice. Like this is going to be a great read for you right now because where you are in life, like for instance, uh, reinventing yourself is one that I've been reading quite a bit. And it's just like, and it's not that that I've been going through like a hard year or anything, but it's been challenging at times for like, you know, new ventures and different things. And, Um, you know, how things are, 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 you know, there and available, how things aren't there and available and like what other really massively successful like entrepreneurs have done in those situations. And, uh, they highlight a lot of different stories in there from, um, you know, it just, it's encouraging, you know, it's like, you know, you could try some idea over here and fucking fall flat on your face, but like they've done it a million times, you know, like a, a lot of the most successful people have done this repeatedly. And uh, it's just stuff like that. Like it comes up, you know, for me, it's, it's situational. Like uh, if it's something like I'm trying to learn something very specific or I'm like getting really into tech, like I read a lot of tech journals, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll read like a tech book. That's very just like manual driven. Like, here's how this works. And I like try to learn like, okay, well, what's the science behind like making an app? And like, what are they trying to configure and what's, what's in this, like, um, you know wireframe and why do they structure it this way and so that's the kind of stuff i'm like i'm like okay if i'm into this i'm really into this or you know if if we're going in this direction i want to know you know the behind the scenes kind of stuff that like like they're engineering you know Are behind you, things do you guys read a lot
1: of fiction ever do you ever read fiction
3: I used to I haven't in a long time it used I used to be science fiction A lot
2: Have you So you've never Have you? There's no fiction book That you can remember That you read Not since fucking high school Really mm. Not since I won't I won't either You won't get me to Really uh-huh. Cause so, you know Cause for many years I didn't even like to read Being completely transparent mm-hmm. Just uh I was that person Once School ended And I was working And I was making money you know, me, I was like the, the small brain, me, right? 20 years old or whatever. is just like, I'm done. I don't need to read anymore. I've got my job. I love what I'm doing. Sure, I'm reading certifications and getting more knowledge sure. in my field, but outside of that, not at all. And then that I made that transition at it, 25. It's it interesting
1: because like, uh, I, I, same thing here, same here. I don't, I'm not pulled to fiction. However, I have definitely read fiction. And fiction provides a different quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's reading for leisure, but it's really uh, it's, it's expansive. It's it like, is. It's it, like it
3: really helps you to stretch a bit with your yeah with your thought process.
1: I've I've recalled reading fiction and it improving my creativity and my thought process indirectly mm-hmm. almost yep. because you get lost in the book. You know, while you're kind of in there and reading and reading these stories, and so I haven't done it and I don't do it very often. I think the last fiction. Trying to think what I read. Uh Da Vinci
2: Code. Hmm. That's fiction. Oh, that's cool. That was yeah, that was like a book. That, that was like fiction that, that I read. Series. Yeah, dude. I, I you can't get me to do it, dude. I just yeah. I a couple of times I've like dabbled in it, tried, and I'm like, nah, it's not for me. So it's just yeah. not I I feel like I I'm gonna read I just ordered nineteen eighty four. Yes. Now that's uh, that's fiction. Yep.
1: But that's got. I know a, lots of parallels. I know to a today. lot about it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't T- T- T-
2: Taylor's reading Player One? Isn't he? Mm, that, I looks, think so. that, that looks that that cool. intrigued me a little yeah. bit because that's kind of see I, sci-fi. I could see myself like certain sci-fi because that tripods hard, I wouldn't just that, that fall under that, that category? Serious. Would it go under there? Because I feel like it's fiction, but then it could be a reality. You know, mm-hmm. if we keep mm-hmm. heading this direction, so that's I and I get where you're going with the crea- creativity thing. Um, it's but, just
1: it's hard. It's harder to make time for that right because if you're reading like oh this is about business or oh this is about you know this thing i'm gonna learn versus i'm gonna spend well in
3: an hour just you know relaxing i mean for the most part for any available time i have now is like uh, my commute's very long so i tend to stick more with podcasts or like if i if i get into audiobooks which i've been meaning to really dive deeper into that but I've been so compelled by people's conversations, like I really get into well, it. Well, that's a new. I mean, if you so talk it's to a mi- new form
2: oh, for oh, me, it is. If you talk to a lot of millennials, this is how they learn. This is exactly how they learn, and mm. that's pod- podcasting. Podcasting has become a yeah. huge platform for education, which is again part of you know our secret sauce is that. We try and entertain and inform at the same time, right? It's not just purely information, so you get bored to fucking death listening to somebody. Yeah. But then also you get little nuggets of good information. I, you know, stuff.
1: I want to leave this this question with some advice for people who are listening, you know, young trainers or whatever, or people it just training. doesn't even matter Yeah, trainer. it doesn't even matter. Um, follow your... When it comes to reading, follow your passion. Feed your passion, because that's going to lead you to learn uh, lots of amazing information. So... Whatever's feeding your brain, feed, you know, seek it out, and it doesn't matter if it's articles. It doesn't matter if it's That's great advice, you know, magazines <clears throat> or if it's books or podcasts. Like feed that passion. Feed the beast. And it'll grow and expand, and you'll no.
2: It's a, that's such a that's such great advice because that goes back to what I was just saying. How I don't want like I don't like to read or I don't like to read the fiction because it's just you're, I'm not, it's not feeding. Your passion, yeah, it's not like a, don't it. force something that you're not into. Like just because someone's telling you you should learn more about this, if you're not into it, don't you yeah. know? It goes back to that great advice I got when I was younger. Just stop looking at the things you're not good at. Focus on what you're already good at. Be great at it. Become a master at the things that you love. And so the books that I read are. In the similar world that I love to, to learn about, but then I try and challenge the philosophies behind each one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool way to go.
0: Next question is from Rosie Rell. What are the effects of muscle growth when cannabis is used right after a workout? Is it because – are they thinking because
2: of the anti-inflammatory? Is that why? I,
1: I think maybe or I think a lot of people like to smoke weed after a hard workout. You know what I mean? It, it mm. kind of – You know, you're amped up. You're in the gym. Maybe you had a pre-workout. Maybe you had coffee. I do. You hammer yourself. Then you blaze. Then you know, you smoke a little cannabis. Then you eat the munchies. And you have your post-workout meal. I mean, it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like a very familiar recipe that I know a lot of people um, in the muscle building world follow. Here's the thing about cannabis and muscle growth. Okay, the the jury is still out in terms of how cannabis. Affects muscle protein synthesis and, and the like, but we do have some clues, and some of this stuff I'm going to say you might not like to hear. Um, THC in particular, in uh, at least initially, has a negative effect on uh, testosterone production. In animals, it's pretty predictable that you're going to reduce testosterone by a little like a five or ten percent. In humans, the studies are murky. Uh, regular users show no difference in testosterone. Short-term users show a drop. So perhaps what's happening is initially you get a little drop, and then afterwards the body balances itself out. So there's that. Um, it affects uh, hormones like insulin. So here's some good news. Uh, cannabinoids in cannabis are, have been shown to improve insulin sensitivity, and it's mediated through uh, the liver. So this may be a good thing when you're trying to eat your carbs post-workout and you want to improve insulin sensitivity to get more of those carbohydrates to where you want them to go and also to reduce, uh, you know, potential fat gain from being insulin uh, insensitive or having insulin, uh, you know, issues with uh, your body responding to insulin. Um, Then there's the anti-inflammatory effects. Cannabis or cannabinoids have and a a mild very very mild Acute anti-inflammatory effect. In yeah, other but words
2: th- this is also negated when you smoke it, right? I mean, because you're gonna because you can get you gonna get pro-inflammatory if you and if you say uh, you smoke. Smoke
1: it. is the worst way to administer but, cannabis.
2: But it's what the way most yeah. people are, right? Yeah. So I think you have to address that, right? Yeah. So if you're using cannabis for anti-inflammatory properties, you're probably just it's a wash because you're because, you're, wrong. because yeah. you're smoking.
1: As far as the inflammation is concerned, you still you're still better off even if you smoke it. Um, but for the anti-cancer effects, for sure sure oh yeah now no, you're at, now you're at you're at totally, baseline Oh no, yeah, yeah for yeah, that for sure but uh, in terms of inflammation there's an acute anti-inflammatory response from cannabis or from cannabinoids but it's super mild in other words if you never have cannabis and then you have it you'll get a little bit of an anti-inflammatory effect now the real anti-inflammatory effects are long term the the low uh, low exposure low but frequent exposure cannabinoid to cannabinoids has this kind of systemic anti-inflammatory uh, effect in the body, which in some cases may be a good thing. Um, do I think it's uh, it's going to be pro muscle building? No, I don't. I think it, we're lucky if it gives you no effects to muscle growth. You're probably not helping yourself uh, by having cannabis post workout. You know what I mean? I don't think it's
2: there's there's definitely something going on hormonally from cannabis, because, um, and I think I've shared this before in the podcast. I know I definitely have talked to you about this. I was, um, if I, if I increase my intake and I, I'm already not somebody who, I don't consider myself like a heavy cannabis user. I literally like, you know, maybe consistently take two puffs off of a joint at nighttime and increased cannabis intake for me would be anything more than that. And so I've had times where I've increased that uh, to double or triple the amount in a day. And I actually uh, get a, uh, my gyneumastia will flare up. Oh, you'll get a little bit. So of- you, mm. t- for sure, something's going on with my testosterone or estrogen levels for that to get flared up. And I remember that it took me a while before I kind of pieced that together because I, I would get these weird kind of flare ups. And I'm like, this is weird. I'm not doing anything different hormonally. I'm not changing my testosterone. I'm not taking anything else. What's going on? And then I kind of go like, you know, I am smoking more weed than I usually do. And I remember the first time I started doing research on it, I was like, oh, shit. There's some. There, there's a lot of studies that they've showed that there shows that some correlation with that. Mm-hmm. And so it it caused me to start to inspect it more with myself. And again, I know we're talking anecdotal here. It's myself. But I have definitely noticed a significant so if you
1: difference. if you're a if you're a kid teenage kid or kid in your 20s and you have uh, gynecomastia which is uh, breast tissue development or a little or swelling uh, at the nipple region um, and you go to a uh, uh, endocrinologist or endo endo, endo- chrono- uh, I always say it wrong uh, Doug always know. corrects me if you go see a hormone doctor um, and they'll they'll ask you all kinds of questions and one of the questions they're going to ask you is are you a heavy user of cannabis? Because it has been linked uh, to that in some studies, and there's lots of anecdote. It's also um, it also affects uh, ovulation in women. It can uh, have adverse effects on sperm
2: production. So for sure, something is happening hormonally. Right? Something is something it, is.
1: Dude, it attaches to one of the most, if not the most abundant G protein coupled receptor in the body. Cannabinoid receptors are everywhere, but they're really concentrated in a few areas: your brain, your liver, and your gut, and your testicles and your ovaries. Uh, so, all your your reproductive uh, areas are have tons of uh, of cannabinoid receptors. So, it's going to have some kind of effect on you. Is it going to you know? I think the abuse of it probably will have a negative effect um, on a lot of different things but I don't think cannabis is one of those things that you should use and and think it's going to help you you know build muscle no Um, it's
2: definitely not I don't think there's any I don't think you can make any case that it's going to help the cause no
1: I I I could see a fat loss potential fat loss benefit but mainly from the strategic use of particular cannabinoids because again the insulin sensitizing effects in fact there's I think in phase one or phase two trials, uh, well, it, we it, called that a long time ago, yeah. right? We
2: called that when we did our marijuana episode, almost mm-hmm. 500 episodes ago or whatever, when we talked about the the future of supplements and that we, you know, making it they'll soon make it, I'm CBD, sure they'll make it, CBD will be there. Yeah. They'll make yeah. A, they'll make a fat loss supplement to because recovery, you can, you, you know, can right? make that to me. If you're just a, a normal person that uses cannabis, it's not in your best interest to go out of your way to use it more, to try and get benefits for nah. fat loss or building muscle. In in my recommendation, being another person who also uses cannabis, I try and use it as judiciously as possible. I try and come off of it for a week or two every now and then. Like it's not something I'm trying to promote extra in my life. You it's
1: know? remember this your your body produces uh, its own cannabinoids, which are molecules that are very similar to the ones that are found in marijuana. This is why your body even reacts to cannabinoids from marijuana plant is because you already have these receptors. That, are, that you evolved to have that respond to your body's own production of cannabinoids, otherwise known as endocannabinoids. If you supplement with phytocannabinoids, that, that is cannabinoids from plants externally, so now I'm eating or I'm smoking or I'm vaping tons of cannabinoids, it's perfectly within reason to think that there's going to be a feedback system in the body that's going to sense a higher uh, amount of cannabinoids and is going to lower its own natural production of cannabinoids and or reduce the density of its own uh cannabinoid receptors, in other words, having lots of cannabis causes your body to adapt in ways that may not be favorable because now you become you know more dependent because now if you go off the cannabinoids now you've got this lower amount of cannabinoids, but you've also got you know you've got lower amounts of that your body's producing and a lower concentration of receptors, now you may be in a bad uh, situation uh, where you can cause like an endocannabinoid uh, deficiency syndrome or something like that in extreme cases, which has been observed in in some people. So it's definitely one of those things you can abuse. I know it's cool right now because it's becoming legalized and we talk about it all the time and we joke around, but um, it's not something I think you should go out of way to use unless you have a medical reason for it. In which case it can be a miracle drug for some people
2: right uh you know I've seen uh you know I just think you got to be careful like I mean it was like it's like the keto craze right now, too. we talked about all the great benefits behind it, and then what happens with that? everybody likes to take everything to extreme you're You're seeing that with cannabis yes we're we're learning more and more about all of its benefits and how it can be a game changer and life changer it doesn't would not give you a reason to go and start to introduce it into your life. Uh, for any of those reasons, like, unless you have, like you said, you have a medical condition that, okay, let's see if this well, helps. Well,
1: the, ri- the, 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 rewards totally outweigh the risk. Like if you have cancer, um, the, and you know that there's cannabinoid, that cannabinoids kill cancer in many studies, um, and you're, you're trying to do everything you can to cure yourself. Uh, one of the things you might want to do or look into is high doses of edible cannabis, uh, all throughout the day. Basically, you're gonna be stoned really bad all day long, which if you didn't have cancer, wouldn't be really cool, right? Not right. a good idea. But in that context, it's it, it may be a, a total benefit. In fact, I have um, and I'm not promoting cannabis for for, for cancer killing um, I, before I get you know people come after me. but um, there's lots of anecdote, there's lots of study. I My dad has a friend who's 75 lung cancer. Um, and did not, uh, basically they're like, you know, we're going to try, we can try chemo, but it's not going to, it doesn't look good for you. So he, he opted to not do it, was given three months to live, went and, uh, watched the documentary, uh, the Rick Simpson story, I think it was, who's this Canadian man who was ma- synthesizing, uh, uh, this can- cannabis extracts and giving it to cancer patients and finding that a lot of them were being cured. So he went and watched this documentary because my dad recommended it to him because I told him about it. And the 75-year-old man went, got his cannabis card, bought highly concentrated cannabis oil, had never had marijuana in his life, and gradually got himself to the point where he was taking a tremendous amount of this oil every single day because you can build a tolerance. And you know that was uh, two years ago, no cancer. And his, wow. his oncologist was like tripping out uh, yeah. and, and, and they were actually saying, you know, this is very interesting. So fascinating stuff.
2: But yeah, other than that. Probably not the best for muscle growth. Yeah, probably <laughs> not.
1: <laughs> check it out. Go to YouTube. Mind Pump TV. Justin just posted. Holy shit.
2: Make a, sure you check that out.
1: A crazy, crazy video. Uh, we post a new one every single day. Also, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, you can register for 30 days of coaching. It will cost you
0: nothing